I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I do That's a bad hat, Andrew. It's a cool show. Good idea, not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from you, love. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Succession Season 3. Damask Leary, how are you doing this fine morning? Good. I really put a lot of concentration into saying my name normally (laughs) because you know but the people at home may know is that I've had about four hours sleep Mm. I feel like shit (laughs) I've had such like a hectic work week um I finished writing my spoiler free review about two seconds ago (laughs) on you know said four hours sleep um look I'm in struggle street over here it's gonna be a really interesting podcast but I think it'll be fun um, I'm feeling a little crazy, which I feel like fits, you know, the Logan family. So that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah this asshole's you? made you get up early in West Australia after working it's all evening. Seven a.m. To-, <laughs> um, to put it, I, I will say though, I was listening back to our Succession season one, season two reviews, mm. and Succession season one, I think it was. Mm. I'd literally just watched the finale when we started recording, like 15 minutes earlier. Yeah, right. Like, you know, we can do this. We've done this. That was You're fine. a little better at processing your like thoughts than I am. Okay. So, um, but yeah, it'll be fun. Um, before we get to our review, though, I, of course, want to mention the fact that we were scheduled to review The Great Season 2. And then once again, this asshole decided, <laughs> actually, can we talk about Succession Season 3 first? Mm. Um, which I'm kind of glad we're doing because spoilers are coming out thick and fast for this. And I don't just mean from people talking about it, like, tell you what, if you're interested in seeing the new Spider-Man film, stay the fuck off off being on the internet if you can. Mm. For, like for the next, I don't know, seven to eight weeks, I think, because it's just, it's all coming out there. But mm. um, even like HBO are now like spoiling major moments, basically. Which is very, very frustrating. So, I, I want to talk about this now. I know the great's been done and dusted for a while, but it's not getting talked about as much. Um, we should get the great season two done before the end of the year, but we'll see how we're going as well. Uh, it's part of a hectic end of the year at the moment. Yeah, everything every week keeps filling up or something else pops up. I'm like, oh, should we do that? Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along. We'll see how we go. But apologies for those who are expecting the great season two. We will get to it. As soon as we can, basically. But right now, let's get to our spoiler-free review of Succession Season 3. Let me clue you in. Season in review. 
Succession Season 3 drops us back into the fray mere hours, maybe minutes, after the bombshell finale of Season 2. Is Logan Roy's empire on the verge of collapse, or is this just another day at the office for the corporate titan? The highly acclaimed cast and creative team all return for this third go-around, with notable new faces Dasha Nekrasova, Zoe Winters, Adrian Brody, and Alexander Skarsgård, among others. Succession Season 3 consists of nine episodes, which is one fewer than previous seasons, each coming in at around 58 minutes and took us approximately 8 hours and 40 minutes to watch. In October of 2021, Succession was renewed for a fourth and possibly but not confirmed final season. Damask, before we get to our spoiler-free reviews, can you remind the listeners what you thought of seasons one and two of Succession, please? Sure. Can you remind me first? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of not. Look, I remember that I loved it. Um, that I was think, the main takeaway, I think, yes. Yeah, I can speak a little bit about um, the show's track record at the end of my spoiler-free review. Sure. But yeah, I, you know, I really put off watching this show. For a while, I was like, oh, it, it doesn't, it looks very, I don't know, serious and mm. like mean and I don't know if it's really my my vibe at all. Um, but then I just kept hearing from, you know, people that I respected, you know, whose opinions I respected. They were really kind of, you know, vying for this show and really recommending that a lot of people watch it. So, I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it if I have to. So, like I've got better things to do than watch 15 million hours of television a week. Uh, spoilers, I don't. Um, <laughs> so, I, I watched it and season one blew my mind. I it, Like, it really lived up to the hype. And sometimes that's really rare. Like, we had that experience. Well, I had that experience with Squid Game. Mm. I, I had so much hype and I watched it. I was like, it's you know, it's fine. But, you know, it didn't blow me away. But this really did. And then season two really continued to do that in in similar but also kind of different ways um so yeah i'm a big fan of this show i you know have taken up the campaign for this show as well though i don't think i really need to anymore i think most of the people i know have succumbed and watched it (laughs) um yeah i i I love it i can't speak highly enough of the show you gave both season one and two five stars i was in a similar position to Mm. you where i had heard good things about it. I think the comparison I kept hearing was this, this is like corporate America's Game of Thrones. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool, I guess, but I don't mm. know if I'm in the vibe for that sort of show. And it wasn't until we decided to review it. And then I realized an epi- you know, one episode in, I was like, oh, oh this is a comedy as much as yeah. it is a drama. And that has been the selling point that I keep coming back to. My brother mm. Liam started watching the show from the beginning, just as season three was starting. Mm. And it wasn't until I finally was like, yeah, it's really funny. He was like, oh, now I'm interested. Because rather than think it's going to be some dour, dry corporate drama, yeah, you realise you're going to have a fun time watching it and it gets a lot easier to like get you just to watch that first ep. Um, he's since caught up and was watching week by week towards the end of season three. So, he was having a good time with it as well. Mm. And yeah, I love season one. I love season two. I was... Just ever so slightly less hot on them than you. I gave them both 4.5. Much like I've done a few times in the past, I'm hesitant to give fives. I've been a, a prick about that recently. And my I keep going back to the, like, 
I it's if it's masterful that we're going for, I need to like feel it in my in my soul that I love this show for it to be a five, basically. Which and is shocking m- that you haven't felt like that. Which, but that's I mean that's fair. That's your perspective. Yeah. Which yeah yeah yeah. And I like I, there was so much to praise about the show and talking about it so much fun. And I really enjoyed it and recommend it to everybody. Mm. Uh, but I, it it hadn't hit me at that level. With that in mind, Damask. Who should go first with their review of Succession Season 3? Would you like me to go first? It's a dilemma, isn't it? Because I could go first, but then I'm also scared that I, I'm like, do I have anything to say <laughs> this early in the morning? But then if I go after you, you probably have a fabulous review. And you know what? You just go first while I process. I'll, I'll put it this first. way. Like with the last couple of Succession reviews, I actually haven't written like out a big... Like dialogue, mm. it's all dot well, points. Well, you say that, but then I remember the last time <laughs> Liam was on, and he told me that while you sound like you're off the cuff, you've literally written everything down that you say. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's not off the cuff, but it's dot points. It's not <laughs> an essay. We'll put it that way. At least today. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll go first. First of all, I was interested to see how I went watching this show week to week rather than binging it because the first two seasons, which we only watched this year, by the way, it was just before you left Melbourne. Mm. Um. Well, you'd watched it before that, but it was my first time watching it. We binged that in a week, basically, per season. This, I thought, was a joy to watch week to week. I had a really good time with it. It's the sort of show where you marinate with it for a week. You talk to other people who are watching the show about it. And it's a really good time doing that. So, that was definitely not a mistake. If anything, it might have enhanced the show, actually. My question is, where is the weakness of this show? Who or what is the weak link? Because it's not the writing. It's surprising, unpredictable, but satisfying the whole way through this season, just as it was previous seasons. Apparently, there was some criticism going around that season three wasn't going anywhere. Um, which, Pay attention, people. That's all I got to say to that. <laughs> which I think might be because people expected a certain thing or certain mm. storylines to occur or certain fireworks to happen this season because of how season two ended. Which I understand, expectations can be, you know, a cruel mistress sometimes. But the problem was, I never felt that way for a second. And by the time we got to the finale, I was completely rewarded for trusting these Mm. writers. Mm -hmm. It is immaculately structured and written. And when, if you felt like, if anyone felt like it it was lost somewhere along the way, by the time they got to the finale, I have to assume they looked back and went, oh, I, I see what they were doing there. And... You, mm. Shame on you for not having trust, is my Yeah, thought. that's the thing. Is I don't think I have expectations other than I assume it's going to be good because yeah. I know that these writers are so much smarter than me. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm, I just feel privileged to be able to, like, sit, watch their story. So, I'm like, take me where you will, please. Yeah. I... I think if I have any expectations now this show has given me, it's an unrealistic expectation of how good its finales mm-hmm. will be. Mm-hmm. But it's three for fucking three. Yeah. It, is basically what I'm going to say. Uh, also, one of the things I said about season two, I thought season one was laugh out loud funny a lot of the time, and season two got a little bit darker, and it wasn't that it wasn't funny. It maybe lost a little bit of its humour. I found myself laughing heaps again this season. I thought season three was really funny, particularly mm. Tom and Greg stuff was as good as it's ever been this season. Yeah, great stuff. Really, really loved it. Um, the weakness in this show is definitely not the performances, uh, it's been an interesting week or two now for Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall. We've talked a lot about him in the past reviews that we didn't really know him. We thought he was quite a revelation. We thought he mm. was extremely good as Kendall. And so this article comes out in The New Yorker and there's just all this discussion about him as sort of a method actor and whatever that means. And 
there's this people have felt like they've like Jessica Chastain and Aaron Sorkin have felt like they have to come out and defend him and all sort of oh stuff. Oh my god, it's, it's, it's so li- dramatic. It's <laughs> been a little bit extreme. I don't think yeah. anyone was really going off. If anyone was, it was in bad faith coming out to cancel Jeremy yeah. Strong. It sounds like maybe he's a bit annoying to work with at times. Mm. But and if if anything, if he's only if he's hurting anyone, maybe he's hurting himself a little bit. But you can't argue with the fucking results. This guy is a that's, powerhouse that's I, in the show. Yeah, that's why I haven't read it because I was like, I'm just really enjoying the performance. I don't really need to know anything about the actor. Like, I think maybe eventually I'll read the article because um, it sounds actually quite interesting. Um, it is. It is interesting. Yeah. It is worth I, a read for that. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, from what I can tell from a lot of people that I know that have read it, it isn't actually a hit piece. And I think those that think it is uh, might be a little too self-serious and uh, humorless perhaps. Um, there's nothing wrong with an insightful, um, oh, what's the word? It's, it's like, an, it's, it's not pulling punches. It's like, yeah. but it's also not out going out of its way to like, to make Jeremy Strong's name mud, I don't think. Mm. But, you know, the internet is not a subtle place anymore. <laughs> it's true. either no the best or it's the, the internet. worst. It's yeah. either best or the worst. And yeah. I think... It, what if it does anything? There's any criticism of the article? I think is it probably leans into like the stories about that time Jeremy Strong did something weird or was a bit mm. of a pain in the ass, and because those have flavour, they get sort of elevated in the piece a little bit, or maybe that's just also how people have taken a, the, those elements out of that article and put them online. So that's mm. what the bits that get highlighted. Um, you know but what I think? I think like, you know, in the future, because I think this show is going to have legs for a long, long time and the mm. people in it are going to be known as like really amazing actors. This is going to be like a show that, you know, people watch for many years to come and then perhaps our kids will watch it and be like, you know, mm. this is like a really amazing show. They'll watch it and this article will become like part of the law and just be a really interesting like piece about one of the actors yeah like you know you read like stories from old hollywood those people sounded nuts <laughs> but doesn't it add to kind of like the flavor of the enjoyment like it's fine we don't have to stress out about it too much i think it's also shows i, I that what impresses me from a creative point of view is they've taken these flavors and they just know how to add them together in mm. the right way like you're getting different flavors from what Sarah Snook's doing or Kieran Culkin or Matthew McFadden or whatever, right? And the Jeremy Strong flavor of taking Kendall extremely seriously, mm-hmm. which makes him both absolutely tragic and fucking hilarious, yeah. is, is a work of genius yeah. on his part and on the people who are casting and making this show and understanding how to make these flavors work together. It's just it's, yeah. a, it's a brilliant balance. Matthew McFadden and Nicholas Braun as Tom and Greg are next level this season, or as I already said. The creators know they are gold and lean into it as much as they have, as far as I can remember, from the show so far. And I love that. And I really want to call out Kieran Culkin this season, who I thought had the best season oh. so far as Roman. And yeah. mm-hmm. got a bunch of my favorite moments of the entire season. Just honestly award-worthy work from him. He um, which I did not necessarily see coming. The weakness of this show is also not the production. The use of framing, tableaus, silence and editing to communicate complex ideas beyond what's just written. And the the dialogue we get is really, really good for the vast majority of it. Um, 
just the way it chooses to show awkwardness or or tension between characters. There's a, a too far. I think it's like episode four or five that lingers between Logan and Kendall. That is just excruciating and energizing to watch. The final probably three episodes, even like the final act, 30 minutes or something of this show, it felt like an action movie somehow. There's no action yeah. taking place. <laughs> yeah. But the tension. It's, it's a lot it, of like, people sitting, yeah. It's a lot of people sitting and talking. And yet, the I was on the edge of my seat. And I honestly was like, did they start filming this in like 16 mil or something like that? Something's <laughs> changed. It feels different. Mm. I don't understand. There is some incredible alchemy going on with this show. Mm. It's it's there's so much more I could say, but it's easy to talk about it when we talk about the ins and outs and spoilers. So I'm looking forward to that. But simply, I just want to say, Succession is the best show on TV right now. And if I wasn't in love with it here in my chest beforehand, I 100% am now. Woohoo! Damask. Wonderful. Oh, cool. All right, you've really pepped me up more than my coffee has. Fabulous. <laughs> okay. All right. So, everybody, welcome back to the best show in town. <laughs> you know, I, I feel overwhelmed with both joy and pity watching, you know, this pack <laughs> of dum-dums trip over their own feet. And sometimes it's because they're legitimate idiots. And other times it's because daddy has tied their shoelaces together. <laughs> Either way, it's an absolute delight to watch every single week, every single episode, it's not all, you know, schadenfreude though. You know, like I said, I'm overwhelmed by the joy and the pity. So let's start with the pity. <laughs> so, you know, these kids, oh, these kids, <sighs> they can't seem to stop themselves from making mostly very obvious mistakes. You know, foresight, emotional intelligence or self-reflection don't seem to be family traits that the kids have inherited. Um, and I think it's... Who would they have inherited them from? Exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping there's a great grandma somewhere that's yeah going to help guide them in the future like a Star Wars ghost. Um, look, the, the, the Logan siblings are all children. They are all stuck and they continue to make a lot of the time the same mistakes. Um, and I think... Perhaps this season people could have been tricked into thinking that there isn't any progress here and I didn't feel that way and I don't agree with that. I think a lot of the time it feels like we're not going to see characters learning and growing like we might in other shows, but instead we're watching, you know, the slow decay and rot of both mm. the individual and family and that can take its time. You know, you've got to let the the bacteria do its thing. Um, and a lot of that season was watching that that real decay. Uh, you know, let's talk about siblings. I think this season Kendall is off his fucking rocker. Mm. Um, it's beautifully hilarious and frustrating. And I mm. think that's the ultimate Kendall combo. If like just someone to laugh at and feel in your heart and your stomach the deepest sadness for. Like I feel like... That is how I watch Kendall and it's a marvel to watch because you should hate him and sometimes you really do, but God damn it, like there I feel like there is a sad love there I have for this character. Um, you know, I think Shiv is kind of an outlier in the family in terms of her ability to hide a lot of what's going on. I think mm. Kendall and Roman 
are less successful. Uh, Kendall certainly is, um, but I think Roman thinks he is, but is it actually? Whereas Shiv can seem to hide a lot um, and she has this outward self-assuredness. But I think this season, you know, below that surface, we see the cracks of, you know, daddy's newly cold gaze upon her, which I think is quite rare. I don't think she kind of experienced that when she was a more independent woman. But once I don't you- remember seeing the fury that she has sometimes as well mm, this season. Mm-hmm. There's, there's elements of frustration that come through yep. in a way that I don't remember seeing from Shiv in the past. Um, I think we have in terms of her marriage, mm. um, but that seemed like self-contained, didn't it? Whereas yeah. this season, I think as things become murkier for her and her position with the family changes and is a bit more fluid and she's not just pinky to dad anymore. Mm. I think we're really seeing some some new colours on her, which has been really interesting. And the relationship directly between her and Kendall this season is yes. extremely fraught, Ooh. particularly early on this season, yeah. Mm, 100%. And then we have Roman. Ah, oh, Roman, my beautiful boy. <laughs> my maniacal, terrifying boy. Uh, he's shown to be, I think, for me, um, a big piece of the heart of the show. Amen. Yeah, I think it's, well, it's in season one, and I stand by it. Yeah, no, I I think that's absolutely true. I yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> I think while his siblings pretend that you know, dad didn't absolutely destroy any possibility of them being normal people. I think Kendall and Shiv both are quite convinced that they're fine. They're all good um, in terms of you know not having personality disorders. Uh, however, Roman. You know, he's he is all damage and humor and fear. You know, he's a scared little boy desperately trying to be mature. And I think he gets as close as he's ever been before to that maturity that he seeks. Um, but that's really hard to maintain when dad's backhand is right behind you at all times. Yeah, like you were saying, we've got some of the best moments from Roman, uh, that performance is incredible. Um, like breaks your heart. Oh, Roman's face can break my heart. Oh god, it, it, it's it's Makes really good. Me laugh really, really good as well, though. Like- oh, he's so funny. Um, both like purposefully and also not, depending yes. on the occasion. And I think that's the beauty of this show. Um, all right, so let's talk about the joy a little bit. This show is still so funny. Mm. You know, it, it really never struggles to make me giggle um, or just simply burst out laughing. You know, I hate a stressful show. It's the reason why we haven't reviewed any other seasons of Search Party. I find it too stressful. And from the outside looking in, I think Succession looks like my personal nightmare. But it's not, I think. Firstly, the funny for me outweighs the stress, you know, it is a comedic tragedy, but I also think the nuance it allows for the characters within the show to both feel and express their emotions allows me as the viewer to breathe. Yeah. They feel like real people and they're allowed to react to things as a person would. And it doesn't feel like watching a clown being smashed in the balls with a novelty sized. I don't know, sledgehammer for 55 minutes. Like It doesn't. There's, there's layers to it. And so I, as a viewer, can kind of go through the gambit of all those emotions. I, I think that's the magic as well, though. Tragedy 
that's just tragedy, right? It's always just drama is exhausting. Mm. The yeah. the way to balance it is to make sure there is that release valve with humor. Yeah. And Succession is so good at doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Like it can build the tension and then r- makes you laugh and build the tension. Yeah. Make you laugh. Sometimes within a scene. <laughs> sometimes within the same yeah. couple of seconds, you can be yeah. feeling everything here and then laugh through all sorts of emotions and it uh, it's incredible. It's yeah. Incredible. I also think sometimes um, certain shows they have like, you know, they are comedic tragedies, but then the comedy comes from just laughing further at um, the, the comedy comes from making the tragedy worse. Sure. Um, yes, yes. And not from an emotional place. It's mm-hmm. just me at the viewer pointing and laughing, but so mm-hmm. often those comedic moments are an expression from the character of, frustration of kind of they're they're letting that out themselves and so mm-hmm. I can go oh okay yes like still they're in this terrible predicament but they can at least voice it or react to it um in a way that feels satisfying as a viewer mm-hmm. look this show you know raised my expectations in season one season two was a gorgeous follow-through and season three maintains its status. You know, this show is quality. It has not faltered for me at all. Like you said, it's the best show on television. If you haven't watched it already, I don't know why you're listening to a season three review. You weirdo, you get a life. Um, but watch no, but it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Like, yeah. I appreciate listening. Yes. Um, buy an ad. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know how capitalism works. Maybe that's why I find succession so interesting. Um <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how it works, but I know I'm definitely failing at it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I love this show and it's it, it's so beyond my personal interests, mm. you know, but it's, it's so fucking good uh, and the performances are mind-blowing and I just feel so happy to have it in my life. I, I love it. I love, love, love it. Final score and ranking. Uh, you ranked season one as your favourite and two as your second favourite um, out of the previous two seasons. How would you score this one? How would you rank it? It's a five again. I think the show is going to be five across the board unless like something really deviates. I'm like, mm. oh, that was a mistake. Um, in terms of ranking, uh, I don't know if I can choose favorites i want to do like a full like when the show's finished a full rewatch i think that's going to be really important because it's Mm -hmm. such a journey that we're going on um and like logan i don't have any favorite children but the difference (laughs) is it's not because i don't love them it's because (laughs) i love them all um i I don't know how to rank it at this point i'm really maybe after the final season i'll be able to give you a full ranking sure uh so you gave it a five out of five yes sir um I don't know if you noticed in the final episode, there was some really big like lighting discrepancies. There was light, they were outside, but there was shadow and then there was light. And it was like, it was really messy. So I can only give this a 3.5 out of 5. <laughs> you piece of um, shit. Um, <laughs> um, I'm giving this a 5 out of 5. For the first time in succession. Yeah. For the first time in a while. Every time you give a a five, we should have some (laughs) kind of like sound go off, like a boo, 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 something like that. The thing was, right, and I've said this before, it's like for a five, I need to like, I think it's masterful. I've got to feel it inside me somewhere. 
I had loved Succession up until season three. I was super excited for it, Succession to start. There was one thing I wasn't sure Succession could make me do. I wasn't sure Succession could make me cry. And then it did. And so to the club, baby. (laughs) And so I can't deny it anymore. This show is masterful. I'm going to cry just talking about you crying. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I'm ranking this as my favorite season, obviously, because it's the best. It's the highest. So for me, it's season three, then season two, then season one. Though absolutely all of them are wonderful. Um, Mm. Let's not forget. So if you had to give the seasons one of the Roy siblings' names... Who's the Kendall? Who's the Shivies? That's who's a weird. <laughs> um, mm, I, that, I don't know that that makes any sense to try and do that. Maybe. I need another copy. It's Yeah, I need to think about that a lot more. Which one's the Kendall, the Shiv and the Roman? Hopefully there's no Connor. That's just as long as there's no Connor season, we'll be yeah, okay. If season four is Connor, that's going to be really upsetting. Yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, guys. Now, before we dive into the very exciting spoilers of Succession, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words our way. And to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews on Apple Podcasts and we're getting... Rather close. We've had a couple of nice, uh, a new, yeah, two new ones recently, some nice reviews in there. So we're creeping up there. You know, it might just take a couple more to get us over the edge. We will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. Gorgeous. All right. We would also love you to share hunting seasons with anyone you know that, I don't know, they love Succession, they love any show because I feel like we've, it feels like emotionally that we've reviewed them all now. Um, so just pass it along. Tell everyone how much you love us. We'd really, really appreciate it. I was looking at the schedule for like next year and what's coming up. And there is mm. so much TV to come up. We've got, we've got, we want to review Doctor Who season 13 at some stage. The Book of Boba mm. Thet, Fett. Uh, the Legend of Vox Machina. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season four. And just like that, maybe Peacemaker, The After Party, How I Met Your Father. Uh, there's a lot I cannot up. wait to review and just like that with you. Because you yes. haven't watched any Sex in the City, have you? I've seen I've seen episodes here and there back in the day, but yeah, a long, long count. time ago. And yeah. I've seen the second movie. 
Well, that's true. You can have weirdly for our movie club. I feel like that's going to be a really fun episode. So I demand that we do it. Next week, though, we'll be back with our review of The Great Season 2. I promise it's actually happening this time. I'm sorry Succession succeeded it, uh, but we'll get to The Great eventually. If you would like to contribute to our discussion of The Great, or if you have any thoughts on Succession, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at huntingscast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Succession Season 3. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning! From here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1, 2, and 3 of Succession. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Succession up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have have been warned. warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. I have lots of notes. I don't think it's going to be a problem to talk about this season, though, if I'm, if I'm being honest. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go. Is there, is there any way where you would like to start, though? Like, does it make sense to start at the end? I, yeah, I mean, the turn of Tom. The turn of Tom. That's where you mm. want to start. I did a good job, I feel like, of not alluding at all that there was a big Tom anything. I know. I, I didn't want to touch it. I didn't no. want to touch it. Um, as, you know, Countess Luann from Real Housewives of New York says, please don't let it be about Tom. <laughs> um, so, when that happened, I was like, oh. Yeah, I had a a twist orgasm, if you will. I was like, this is fabulous. Oh, we've really mixed things up, sir. Mm, let's talk so, about that. So, First of all, did you see it coming? Did I see it coming? Um, yes, but not that quickly. Okay. <laughs> I was like, maybe next season, uh, Mr. Tom is going to be a naughty boy. Um, I didn't think he was going to be the final knife in, in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I I didn't really. I was just sort of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, I watched this. I couldn't, I couldn't wait. I couldn't. I need to start you know, getting my notes together and stuff. So I watched it um, that uh, the evening it was out and Steph mm-hmm. couldn't watch it with me. We had something else on that night beforehand. So she had to go to bed. So I watched it by myself. It was a mess. But the <laughs> I didn't see it coming. So that ending was really, really shocking to me. Mm. When Steph watched it the next day, I watched it with her and she watched the Tom and Greg scene and turned to me and was like, is Tom going to betray them? And I had to put her off the scent. I was like, no, no, he's talking about like what they were saying about, you know, ATN getting on. And, I was, and then when she got to the end, it was like, no, you, know, you picked it. You picked it. I just wanted to try and preserve the mm. moment for you because you were fucking right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was incredible. And it's it's the weirdest mix of emotions because the show had just got me on board with like, these crazy kids are going to do it. They've like, I and know. I, and like, but like, there was also that bit of me that was like, I mean, it's not going to happen <laughs> because yeah. this show will never let them win, I don't think. I, not if, I mean, not- let's see, how many times do we have to hear Logan say, you know, I, I, all, I always win <laughs> yeah. um, for us to be like, oh God, I think he's going to win again. But you, you've watched Kendall and Shiv and Roman come together. They're finally doing it. They're going to stand up to their dad. Yeah. That moment is happening. You're like, yeah. this it is really it. It really felt like that Avengers scene where it goes like around the camera, pans around them. You're yes. Like, oh, they've come together. Oh, the, you know, it's like Captain Planet, like combining forces. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I, I totally got sucked in. And I understand what you mean by action movie. Like, it yes. did feel like that. It's like, oh, the team's all together. Oh, my God. United Forces are going to be able to do it. Um, and then of course they didn't. I, 
oh, what an idiot. What what children we were to think that they could. Mm. But there are so many reasons that I shouldn't be. That's what I love about this show. Mm. If, if you step back, right, if you step back and look at these people, I shouldn't give a shit about any of them. They're all <laughs> fucking awful billionaire monsters, right? Mm. But- in the, the show is so good at its craft that we get to this moment and I'm like, here we fucking go. Let's do it. Come on, Roman. You can stand up to Logan. You're fucking doing it. You're fucking doing it. And then it doesn't happen. Caroline sold them down the river. Fucking cup. Of course she did. Of course she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the reveal of Tom. Oh, my God. And in, in my instant reaction is, fucking Tom, you snake. How dare you? And then the other part of me kicks in and goes, Oh, good for you, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good yeah. for you. You mm-hmm. fucking absolutely should because Shiv, if nothing else, is a monster. She is a monster <laughs> She to is him. Yeah. a monster. It's it's so confusing and I don't mean in like in a nonsensical way. I mean no. confusing in like a naturally human way is that she is so terrible to Tom. <sighs> like she is a monster. But then she's also like in moments of emotional distress or a needing of emotional understanding when it comes to like her siblings um, or a family relationship. She seems to be a bit more present and understanding. It's because Roman is incapable of feeling vulnerable around his family. Fair enough. Mm. But there are moments where I'm like, oh, she seems to like at least get it and acknowledge it and respond to it like a normal human. So I I forget that she has sociopathy sociopathic tendencies. tendencies. Um, and then, but then we get splashes of her with Tom and she is so terrible to him. Um, oh my God. That's insane. I, and I, we will get back to the ending cause it, yep. it's so good. And there's so many layers going on there. Um, oh, when Shiv and Tom are like playing those sexy games and she's just like I don't love you and then the next day she's so manipulative and being like you can't tell someone they can say whatever they want to you in bed and then get angry wow Tom that's really manipulative and I was like you're a fucking bitch (laughs) (laughs) he's so angry and he just like he's for most of the season he is a beaten down man right Mm. but what is happening is that he is positioning himself so wonderfully mm. that that final turn in the end you're like oh wow those like what felt like he was digging his own grave were just tiny steps to the top yeah and i don't think i'm not going to say that i think they're all conscious because i think he genuinely was terrified that he was going to prison but that is the way that he has positioned himself um and what a way to end yeah uh, i th- i think let's talk about tom for a second yes i think the season is him playing a game it wasn't always masterful i think he took no. some gambles yes but they ultimately paid off so like little things to think well what's interesting is you think back to the end of season 2 and how that ends right with mm. between shiv and tom and their marriage is in a really bad place at the end of that season oh, you just boy. don't see it coming back from there but the bit I'd forgotten until I re-listened to our review was that Shiv had gone into bat for him and said anyone but Tom in terms of who they were going to sacrifice um, into to to get through this scandal, right? Mm-hmm. So Shiv had done that. It was the one time she'd done anything for him as far as I could tell. But I don't know. Tom didn't see that. It, he didn't know that happens. Um, and then... 
Shiv continued to be a piece of shit to him to his face at every opportunity, kept mm. him out of the loop, kept like not considering him in every move. And so Tom started to just look after himself a little bit more. And things like, do you remember in episode two when Kendall has the siblings come around and um, he's at Rava's place and Shiv comes mm. over and Roman comes over and Connor comes over and they're talking about like, what if we just fucking did this? You guys come to me, we'll kill dad, the company's ours, we'll bring, you know, Waystar Royco into the future. And they're kind of considering it. And then I love all those moments. Yeah, that's great. And then they're both playing they're both everyone's playing both sides, but like they all aren't sitting on the fence and yeah. Absolutely. It's great. Mm. And then donuts show up mm. from Logan, Ooh. which says something like, have a hope you're having a lovely tea party or something like that. And it's at that moment where the quote unquote poison donuts show up that Connor says no, that Roman says no, and eventually Shiv says no. And they didn't know who knew to send the donuts. Well, Greg saw Shiv arriving. Mm-hmm. Greg tells Tom. Yeah. Tom tells Logan. Logan sends the donuts. So yeah. Tom had already been playing the Logan side of this since about episode yeah. two at least. And then throughout, then when he offers himself up to be like, I'll be the guy who goes down for you if you need someone to go to jail. He frets about that in absolutely amazing comical sense throughout the rest of the season. But <laughs> yes. when he but when he is flipping Greg's desk and pounding his chest with re- it's not just relief that he's not going to jail. He also knows he just banked some fucking gold with yeah, Logan. Pay off. Mm-hmm. Right? And he yeah. is going to be able to cash that in. And when he gets to the end of this season, he has the ultimate opportunity to get the big man on side. Mm-hmm. And he makes that deal with the devil, baby. And he brings yep. Greg along for the ride. So good. And fuck, I cannot blame the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I think like you mentioned um, just before talking about how um, Greg, you know, makes some serious like gambles yep. uh, with his position. Tom or Greg? Um, sorry, Tom. Tom. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think like that really speaks to the fact that he has had to work to get yes. to where he is and he has had a very different life experience than the Roy siblings. Mm. So I think like making those big moves, he ha- he's practiced at that. Um whereas the kids don't. They they really struggle to make sometimes even the most any decision without daddy in the room. Mm. Um whereas Tom feels Confident enough to do it. And, yeah, this is the season where we really see that pay off. And, you know, Logan talks about, like, really respecting that people who make their own way. And that's why Mm -hmm. he has such resentment towards his own kids. And I think Tom has the potential to be one of the few people within the family that he can respect in a way. Well, we don't know what the situation is with Waystar Royco Mm. because of the their being... (laughs) Um, uh, bought basically yes, by yes. Gojo at the end of this season. But if anyone, if you had to say a likelihood of who's going to be um, Logan's successor right now, it's currently the son-in-law. Like mm-hmm. he is technically, yeah. I guess, a son-in-law. And right now, Tom is the golden child. There's no doubt about that. Um, I thought it was a, I tell you what I never expected from this show was was essentially for Tom and Greg to become like the it's, villains in a way like yeah. it's been but also like the love story of the show the, 
So that when they're talking about Nero and oh, what's mm-hmm. the name of, and Sporus, that story that you know uh, Tom is like having an existential crisis about the potential of going to jail, basically, mm-hmm. and he comes and talks to Greg and talks about the story of yeah uh, Nero and Sporus. Nero pushed his wife down the stairs, mm-hmm. which happened in the show essentially, and then married his eunuch, and mm-hmm. then had him dressed in his wife's clothes. Um, <laughs> That was the show telling us what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that moment, which is basically a proposal to Tom. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to make a deal with the devil? It's like, what would I do with the soul anyway? To Greg, yeah, yeah, yeah. To Greg, sorry. Yeah. What would I do with the soul anyway? Boo souls. Fuck. Is like hilarious and also a little bit like, I can't believe Greg's at this place now. Greg has organically somehow gone from the bumbling cousin who somehow found himself inside this family Mm -hmm. at the high level to... To selling his soul to the devil and actually, you know, he's against Greenpeace and he's, too, you know, playing two different women for <laughs> status at the same time and, like, yeah. all this sort of shit. And to go from the guy who was the hero, in a sense, at the end of last season, because he was the guy that gave Kendall the documents, mm. to Kendall mistreating him so poorly that he has gone flipped to the other side completely. Yeah. Beautiful. And I think that's, yeah, that's also the thing about... Greg is like, yeah, now he's been like cut off from his grandpa. Mm. And so he's in much of a, a somewhat similar situation. And Tom, these people don't have that assurance of like, oh, well, I'm gonna getting a payday no matter what. So yeah, your their moral compass <laughs> shifts. Um, and their ability to take big swings um, changes. And watching that relationship develop has been such a joy yeah. to watch from being like ter- like Tom being terrifying in his relationship to Greg being like, oh, God, I really hope he doesn't murder this poor boy <laughs> to them. Like, you know, these are kind of the only honest conversations going on are happening between these two people. Um, and they're always so funny and so weirdly complicated. Um, yeah, it really... Yeah, I think Roman is uh, has an emotional truth that brings heart to the show, and yet yeah, this this relationship between Tom and Greg is yet yeah, the ro- the romance heart of the yes. show. Yeah, one hundred percent. Also, just in that scene where he Tom proposes, quote unquote, to Greg, he says, "Who in this family has ever looked out for you?" Essentially, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really really good point. Yeah, is that. The, the siblings in particular are never there to bat for them. And the other scene I think that's really informative is the one where Kendall tries to get Tom on board. Like, he knows that Tom would be an asset to their case and maybe he'd be more likely to, to you know, have some success with the DOJ if Tom was to flip. But Tom's line, it's like, I've seen you get fucked a lot. Yeah. And I've never seen Logan get fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a very good point. It's like, you can make all the promises you want, but you keep fucking up. Mm-hmm. And Logan just doesn't. Just yeah. He just always wins. Why would I ever... Why would I leave that? Yeah. And it's like, you can't argue with that. It's- yeah, and it's a moment I think that's really good to remind the audience. Because I think, you know, a lesser show would have done like the really righteous moment where Tom does flip and does yeah. the right thing. And it feels really good as a viewer to watch. But to have them explain... Exactly why. And with a lot of evidence from the show um, from previous seasons to be like, 
Well, you just simply wouldn't. You yeah. wouldn't because you know how it goes because it's happened for their entire lives. Logan wins. You have to be by his side or you will get maimed. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff. Um, you talk about Roman a second ago. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Now, what are you, what what bit are you talking about specifically? There, that could be a number of things. <laughs> yep, um, and it, it is a, a a lot of things. But immediately, what springs to mind is um, obviously, you know, in still talking about that final scene, mm. um, and Roman, the you know, all of his children are kicked dogs, but Roman is the kicked dog, locked in a cage outside. Um, just destroyed little boy, and to see him ah uh, standing by his siblings, who he really loves, yeah, um, pretends he doesn't, but absolutely loves and adores, and because of that, um, he is able to have a moment of strength, even you know, but such vulner, but with such vulnerability on his face, and you see the stakes on his face, um to say to his dad, no, this it's not going to happen. And then the gun turns into a sausage. And yep. then to speak about love and to see that in that moment, he feels like he's lost all of that um, momentum with his dad. It's all, it's all gone. Everything he was working for is gone. And, and starting to succeed with it felt like on some level as well. Like Genuinely, yeah. He was doing really well. And there I was a about, bit in mm. episode eight, I think, where he went to see Mathis or whatever the guy's name is, the, the Gojo guy. Mm. And it was like Roman was, having the adult, was being the adult in the room, which was a yeah. really rare thing. And he mm-hmm. was having to keep this conversation on track and he was having to make the moves. And mm. I won't say it was perfectly played, he was getting somewhat played by, what's his name, Skarsgård. But just to see him be able to, like, be focused and do the thing and maybe, you know, show his potential to to be mm-hmm. the successor here was very rewarding. And, uh, yeah, and then to have him getting so close to really feeling like he was making traction, to really feel like he was impressing his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to just, as you said, have it all... Crumble yeah. in his hands. And, yeah, at the end for him to be, you know, on the floor yeah. watching as his dad walks away is, oh, boy, heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. But hope, um, I mean, that's the thing is like naturally I'm like, well, hopefully now he's, you know, the, their city has been raced to the ground. They have yeah. nothing left. Um, is this going to be Roman's character's turn into something else but i but that's my natural inclination as a viewer but this show never does what i think they're going to do yeah um but yeah i think i was it yeah connor says to roman at kendall's birthday he says you're not a real person Mm. and i think that has been true in a lot of ways and that's how he so roman said so kendall said to roman is that what you're saying um no what's the the oldest brother Kendall, yeah. Kendall says to Roman. No, no, no. The real oldest eldest. Oh, Connor. 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 Yeah. Connor says to uh, Roman, you're not a real person. I'm pretty sure Kendall says that. I just rewatched that scene. No, it's okay. Connor. Um, Maybe Kendall says it later. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry. You are so right. It Ken- is Kendall. Ken- Kendall sorry. says they're leaving. It's right before yes. Roman pushes him. Yeah. Or no, it's maybe just right. after he pushes him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you are. Connor's just right. concerned with having his coat on in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it bothers Kendall so much. I <laughs> yeah. love it. Take your fucking uh, coat off. <laughs> oh, that's a tragic episode. Um, yeah, so I, is. yeah, so I think this is us being able to see and Roman as a real person, um, him being able to experience real tragedy because he feel he put the work in and he's actually yeah. tried for the first time in his life and then to still lose devastating um yeah and i think we see so many more layers of him and i it was i really enjoyed watching it one thing we talked about last when we were discussing season 2 was that season 1 was sort of like the what if kendall was going to be the successor season mm-hmm. and then season 2 was sort of the what if shiv and we theorized that maybe season 3 will be the what if roman and it kind of was, not necessarily directly. It's not like I felt like he had him by his side. Logan had Rome by his side the way he sort of did Shiv in season two, though Shiv overplayed her hand really badly Ugh. in season two. Every time she overplays it. Anyway. Always play, overplays her hand. Uh, but it was. It was like Roman started to like work his way in mm-hmm. and have some success. And it, it really was. He got the closest he's been to being realistically considered by his dad. And then almost in one bad text message, fucked that right up. Oh my that God. that was, was such a good scene. One. So episode eight mm-hmm. had some banger moments. There was the stuff with Shiv and Tom, including like the the sex play thing, whatever you want to call it, right? Then the follow-up talking about freezing embryos the next day, oh which God, were like yeah. were part one and part two of just <laughs> devastation. For Tom. Shiv immediately talking about like if one of them died or they left each other. I'm like, fucking hell, Shiv. Then there was the Kendall having dinner with Logan scene, mm. which which was just Shakespearean and then ended with the the part at the end with Kendall on the the floating bed in the pool. Mm. Which was a really interesting. I think that was a really interesting, not red herring necessarily, but it it gave me a certain expectation of what the finale would be, and it wasn't what they were ever intending. But mm. it like put me off the scent as to what the finale was going to be, and uh, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had the Roman dick pic scene. Oh my god, I love that scene. Kieran Culkin should be nominated for an Emmy for some of the facial expressions he makes alone. The way he cowers into his chair when he realises that Logan has the fucking dick pic is so incredible. It Mm -hmm. was difficult to watch, hilarious, traumatising, all of it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just amazing work from everyone involved. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Are you a the, sicko? the face he makes oh. when he like he starts off like, you know, kind of happy with himself and then <laughs> confused and then like, huh, checks his phone. <sighs> and then the 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 shrinking, the oh. his eyebrows raise in like horror and his face gets small like a little boy's and just like oh god. <laughs> he just had he just had like the first pat on the back from his dad basically mm-hmm. ever. He's somehow done the work and pulled this off. He he thought he was coming to bring bad news. He somehow got his dad in a position to like, we should, you know. And then it instantly falls apart. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, God. Amazing. Oh, God. 
Oh, and he's oh, it really makes you fall in love with Roman, even though he's <laughs> such a dickhead. Like it's oh, it's <laughs> such a relatable tragedy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, oh fuck, of course I fucked it up in such a silly way. Uh, but I did love the moment when um he was having the conversation with his dad post dick pick. Um and his dad was like, you know, Jerry's like a million years old and all that stuff and bullshit. Um, and Especially then, since he's fucking his goddamn exactly. assistant. Oof. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a pig. Um, and then I really enjoyed Roman at the end being like, oh, like, I'm not a feminist or anything, but probably don't fire Jerry <laughs> I, after receiving a dick pic from me. I'm not a radical feminist dad, but perhaps you should not fire her for receiving dick pic- pictures of my dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just it like, great. ugh. And then just leaves the room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jerry, it was interesting too, because that stuff's been happening for a while, obviously. The Jerry Roman stuff last season. I thought it was an interesting turn this season where they made it clear that while Jerry might have been having some fun on some level, this was never something that was... What that was anything more serious than that no. for Roman? It kind of was because yeah. it was weirdly liberating for him. I think he found something that worked for him mm-hmm. when he's been very frustrated with his own sexuality and mm-hmm. and what he finds you know arousing or whatever. But Jerry puts up a hard line mm. multiple times this se- season and says to him, you know, you've got to keep remembering I, I am successful because I avoid mess yeah. and I always come from the angles, how does this serve my interests? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is the other tragedy at the end of this season <sighs> oh when God. Roman comes begging to Jerry on his Betrayed knees. by two mummies in one scene. Just that's a lot to deal with. Well, I don't know if it's betrayal. I don't know if the Jerry thing is betrayal. I think Jerry is just doing what she's always done, which is being pragmatic. And yeah. But I think he would see it as betrayal. Oh, he because, certainly like, feels that way. Yeah, yes. is, is what I mean. Is yeah. Because like, you know, he's really kind of teamed up with her and, yeah. you know, in moments of like upheaval within the company, he's really like gone to bat for Jerry. Um, believed in that they were working together to achieve his final end of, you know, becoming CEO um, with Jerry by his side as his queen. Mm. Um, And then for that moment to realise that the company is number one for her um, and her position within that company is number one. And she's not vile about it and or violent about Mm. it. Um, But that is the reality for him to kind of realise that in that moment. um, Yeah, really hard. I also wonder if if the dick pic moment hadn't happened, whether Jerry might have been more willing to help him. But mm-hmm. she was put in such a compromising position by that and the conversation she has with Shiv, which Shiv is trying to play the situation against Roman via Jerry, but it puts Jerry in an awkward position where she has to distance herself from him at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't... Yes. She can't play favourites. She can't be seen because mm. it, it could jeopardise her position in that company. It could jeopardise her career. So, she has to play a straight bat and say, sorry, yeah. not, I'm I not doing it. I also wonder if um, if the dick pic thing hadn't happened, um, Roman might have even been allowed in the yeah. room. Because yeah, absolutely. Like, when they're driving there, Shiv, I think it's Shiv, who knows? I can't remember anything apparently, um, says to him like, Dad thinks there's something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. And I think that moment kind of, yeah, solidified that once again to the audience. Like, he does think that about Roman. Um, Yeah. It it was almost like all season as Roman was succeeding, that dick pic moment is like the 
But remember, yeah. <laughs> there's this fatal flaw in Roman yeah. that while he might succeed, his base personality or deviant nature is never going to fly with Logan. It just he's not going to turn a blind eye to that. Yeah, uh, and, and it they, was always it yeah. was always like a flaw built into him that was going to get him one day, and this is how yeah. it happened. And each of them, you know, have their fatal flaw like 100%. obviously that that is romans shivs is she always fucking overplays, overplays her hand and walking with such confidence with like shit all to back it up and ends up being embarrassing and embarrassed mm-hmm. um and kendall is he is self-sabotager so, um, self-sabotager emotionally uh, off the wall yeah um unable to regulate his own emotions or reactions all of that stuff. Um, yeah, so... Oh, these guys, these guys, these guys. <laughs> I, I do wonder now, we've sort of had the season of Kendall, the season of Shiv, the season of Roman, and they've all now been betrayed by Daddy, basically, right? They've mm-hmm. all had that moment where I don't... Th- well, because that was the thing, like, Roman was the last one to have that I can't trust Dad moment anymore. Kendall says it, don't trust him. Shiv says it to Roman, don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Roman finally you know, stands up and gets thrown under the bus, you know, in the in the coldest way. And now he's going to know he can't ever trust Logan ever again. Mm-hmm. And there's power in that going forward, but they're going to have to somehow rebuild themselves up out of whatever hole they're in at the end of this season. Mm. Um, it's incredible stuff. They're, we should talk about Kendall. <laughs> Which surprises. I don't know how we've talked about everybody else except Kendall so far. It's pretty amazing, really. It shows the depth of this show. Mm. It's a huge Kendall season. We ended season two with him throwing Logan in as he's actually the mastermind behind all the shit that's been going on at Waystar Royco. Um, and he's the, the guy um, that the DOJ should be coming after and starts this whole sequence of events. Logan has come out of the company. Uh, everybody is against him. He's the betrayer. He's the Judas. He's the traitor. You wonder, you hope, you pray that maybe Kendall can make this work, but Kendall is Kendall, <laughs> and it was never, ever going to happen. As soon as he walked with that fucking it, attitude, oh, I'm like, well, you're fucked, Kendall. You're watching fucked. it unravel piece by piece as mm. he changes his lawyers and gets so caught up in the the image of it all and trying to control the narrative and trying to lean into the jokes and trying to be some sort of radical feminist or, or I don't know, all these things he wants to be, shitty Jesus, as, as Roman keeps calling him, which is a great line, um, and just watch it all fall apart. Whatever potential was there crumbles in his hands because he's got that opposite of Midas touch. Anything he touches turns to fucking shit every yeah. time because he's yeah. Kendall and Kendall can never make this stuff work. Uh, it's heartbreaking to watch and to watch him just spiral mm. into somehow because I remember last season when he was sort of like almost comatose sometimes through that but he gets to a point he builds himself to a point when he's told you know he's not a killer by by um, Logan finally he gets to a point where he steps up and says you know what I'm going to I'm going to be the hero now mm-hmm. and to watch that disappear before his eyes and he just spirals into an even worse place than he's been ever in this show that final conversation with logan where he asks him like what he was there whether he tried to save the kid like really just pushes the you're a fucking murderer button Mm. to the point where subconsciously or consciously he tried to kill himself at the end of episode eight 
Oh, fucking, uh, just a tragedy. The birthday episode, all of it. Oh, my God. That birthday episode was so sad. Sad. In so many different ways. It was just so sad. The isolation, the desperation. Um, oh, as he's traipsing around in such a cocky way in that. You know, the space is filled, but fucking hell, it couldn't feel colder or emptier at yeah. all um, every time he enters a room. And to end with him in that present room, is it was a yeah. pretty sad and full-on episode, even though it takes place at a birthday party. It's interesting also that final shot when he goes back to his apartment and mm. I can't remember the um, character's name, but his girlfriend, you know, one of the pierces mm-hmm. or whatever, who's been sort of there since sort of like the end of season two and just that like he's she's cradling him but Kendall's a fucking mess and she's not obviously not up for that we yeah. never see the breakup but we just don't see her next episode and mm-hmm. you know that she is pissed off like yeah it's as simple as that she he she has abandoned him because mm-hmm. she was never in a place really to like all she did was sort of get him up having fun again, <laughs> which started some of this spiral back down as well. He was like a cheerleader when he was being a dickhead and fucking himself around. And the moment he's actually needing help, she's pissed off. Oh, Kendall. Fucking hell. <laughs> Indeed. Um, But then we get to the scene. And like, there are a lot of amazing scenes this season. But the scene for me is the one in the middle of episode nine. Mm. In that parking lot, when Shiv and Roman have come to Kendall and said, we need to talk because dad's trying to fuck us over for the company. What are we going to do about it? And Kendall just says, I'm not here. I'm not here, guys. Sits down on the ground. He's a broken mess. They're all like, what the fuck is wrong with you, buddy? Come on. Just, you know. And he starts to finally tell them that what happened at Shiv's wedding. Yeah. Crazy. Which is heartbreaking. I never really thought I knew what that scene would look like. Yeah, I just didn't expect it really to happen. I was like, oh, this show's probably not going to give us that. <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad they did, yeah. I, I think if I expected anything, I, I expected that at some point Logan might press mm. the nuke button, which is like reveal yeah. what happened to Kendall. Would it splash back onto him somewhat? Sure, but Logan will survive because Logan always does. But it would blow up Kendall. Mm-hmm. What I didn't expect is Roman to be the fucking hero. Roman... The guy who pretends to not have emotions, who's mm. the the constantly making fun of anyone who gives a shit, to when they because that was the thing. I think it's a perfect build up, right? At the end of episode eight, Kendall has had a serious moment where he may have died or, or tried to kill himself. The next day, they all show concern, but Roman puts up a wall. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Leave me alone. The Kendall. next day, after Kendall, sorry. The mm. next day, Connor and Shiv and Roman sit down. And they want to have a talk with him. They're like. Dude, what's up? Something's not right. And Roman, and sorry, and Kendall puts up the wall. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can't believe you can't after you like this. You guys all need an intervention before I do, etc. Mm. And it's like there is real concern there, but no one, this fucking family, knows how to communicate. No, not at all. And then finally, Kendall does make himself vulnerable to these two, and they are siblings at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And the Roman, I, I've I've watched this scene three times. Every time I've watched, I've cried. The Roman way of, even through his dumb fucking jokes, of just trying <laughs> so to... So off colour, but it's yeah. It's so off colour, 
But the way he tries to like, this is the story of a hero. If I was there, I would have fucking run away. And like Kendall's like, did you, like you just ran? He's like, no, I try- I dived. I rewatched the scene as well. He does mm. try and dive and save the yeah. kid a couple of times. I was like, fucking, well, there you go. You tr- At worst, you're an irresponsible. And like <laughs> the way that he like reframes the situation in a way that I don't think, you know, Kendall's about to forgive himself right away. No. But just gives him that spark of hope and humanity and understanding that Logan never did. Mm. It just, I've never, like, I felt that brotherly love that obviously exists between them, but Mm -hmm. is always pushed to the side because they've got their other agendas. Mm -hmm. Fucking broke my heart. Yeah. I love that scene. With every part of me. An amazing scene. Because I think, like, you know, obviously... <clears throat> so much of Kendall's shame is because, like, he's had to be in the dark with it. And so it, it grows yeah. and it swirls and it consumes him. And then to have this moment of, you know, um, to ex- to expel it from his body for a moment yes. and for it to be received in that way um, from Roman and Shiv and no one being, like, you know, reacting like his dad. Yeah. It had been, like... You know, you make me sick. You're a murderer. Um, there's something really dark and disgusting about you. But to be like, shit happened. I love the <laughs> when Roman turns to Shiv, and I think he says like, "You've killed a kid, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've killed a kid." Like, obviously, there's joking in their way, yes. which is disgusting because someone has died. But also, that's the only way for them to show love and compassion for one another. Um, I love that. I also love the mirroring of well, two scenes. Um, obviously the scene in the boat shed at Shiv's wedding. And then also mm-hmm. at the very end, we see the reversal of um, Roman ha- having his hands on Kendall's shoulder. Yep. And then at the end, we see uh, Kendall putting his hands on Roman's shoulder when they're yep. both devastated. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful to have those, those moments from time to time in this show. Because it, it, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. No one ever talks like that. And they still kind of don't talk like that. No one says to Kendall, hey, buddy, it's okay. I love you. Yeah. It's like Roman does it the Roman way, which mm-hmm. is to make a shitty off-color joke about how he didn't get a gin and tonic for 45 minutes. Yeah. But but it has the same effect and, mm-hmm. and the touching and like the way he like roughhouses his stupid shaved head as they're walking <laughs> away. And like, I, I, I think it's masterful. They don't mm-hmm. betray the characters for a second. No. Um, and it still works. I just cannot speak highly of enough. That, to me, was the moment I knew. It was like, oh, this is a five-star season, and this is a five-star show, and this is my favourite show on television right now. Mm. Did you have any particular thoughts on like, like where Rogue- Logan is? It, I don't feel like much changes for Logan. Logan just Logans. Except that he is willing to sell the company, which is something I don't think anyone ever really thought he was he would consider doing. Yeah. I think he is, and he would never admit this. Um, I think he understands that both he and the company are on a steep decline. Yep. Um, and he's, he's a very smart man. And I think he's evaluated the situation, understands that it's time to bow out. Yep. And so that is what he's going to do. He's go. He's going to do the winning play, and this is how he can leave and still feel like he has won. Um, so that's what he's going to do. So yeah, if he, if he can't um, absorb 
a company that's going to keep him afloat, then yeah, it, it makes it makes sense to me um, that that happened. I I you know I always assume that Logan's going to figure out a way to keep the company. Yeah. But I think he yeah it seems like he's happy to kind of yeah do what he's doing. So we shall see next season you, how that you plays get- out. You do get the sense that even he realises he can't keep doing this forever, that he is tired. Mm. I mean, we have that bit with the Adrian Brody episode where he fucking has a, you know, a huge mm. medical problem where he's going for a walk. He has the UTI thing where he's just not there. Yeah. Logan is nothing if not prideful and arrogant, but it shows that he does have a certain level of understanding of his own limitations that he can yeah. go, no. This I this is only going to get worse from here. Now is the time. Yeah, we also have out. that great scene with um Logan. I think his name's Madsen, like Skarsgård's right. character. Yeah, the Gojo um, guy. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, oh, you know, are you actually excited about the future? And Logan's like, oh, well, that's just something that you say. And then mm-hmm. seeing kind of the smarts and the ability and that drive that he probably really had when he was younger as well and recognizing that and someone else being like yeah maybe like my head isn't quite in the game like it used to be in in that way with that level of kind of you know drive and consume and build and all that stuff um yeah I, i think yeah we're seeing his slow acceptance that he's happy to leave there was the i think the line from matson or whatever Mm. was something like I noticed you haven't punched me in the nose. And it's like when he made the offer like to buy you out or whatever, right? And he's mm. like, the thing is, every part of you wants to tell me to fuck off, except the part of you that knows that everything I'm saying is true. Mm. And that's and that's the truth of Logan, is he's yeah. not a fucking idiot. And no. when he he plays the power move and tells people to fuck off, it's because he knows ultimately that he can either control those people or he can brute force his way through that situation. But this time, it's not the case. Um, and, yeah, uh, it's I think it's a very interesting, interesting place for him to be. I'm fascinated to see where we're at next season mm. with Waystar Royco. And, like, is this a big process, this? Does it just happen? Do we have a time jump to a situation where we are Gojo Royco or whatever it is, right? Or uh, is that the season is, like, making this all happen and, like, is there more to go on there? I don't know. You look like you had something to say. No, I was thinking, like, it's so futile to predict <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't even bother trying. You know, like, I was like, do I have a thought on that? I was like, I just simply don't because every season I'm taken on such a ride in mm-hmm. a way that I didn't expect but so enjoy. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about how much I'm going to enjoy next season. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, I think, I don't know, if that, unless you've got something else to say about the main characters, I did want to quickly talk about Connor and Willa. Um, oh, my God. Who are they're just the funnest little sideshow. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the I'm the eldest son bit from Connor, just Ooh. like take me fucking seriously, please, mm. of it all, is very funny. Yeah, but- there's the, I mean, there's moments of it is very funny, but I really enjoy... Um, <sighs> Like, it is heartbreaking. And he is, like, a joke clown character. Yeah. But, yeah, the fact that he is an eldest son, they always joke about, like, how he was, like, you know, from He's irrelevant. You know, the, the dodgy womb and, you know, he, <laughs> their dad moved on to someone else. And, he, yeah, he's a, he's a side character that is acknowledged to be a side character yeah. in 
the show, which is so heartbreaking. Um, yeah, I know. I I feel bad for Connor because we also, you know, get that moment where Roman needs to find a happy story from his childhood with his dad, and it's actually a memory with Connor who yeah. took him camping, um, and he was obviously the older brother and probably looked after them and did things like that a bit. And I, it's just very sad. <laughs> And then he's in this poor relationship with this woman that is there, but that's about all she is. The sound that came out of Willa when Connor got down on one knee to propose. (laughs) Oh, my God. Was brilliant. Comic genius. But fuck, when she decides they're waiting for that car to pick them up in the last episode. Fuck it. How bad can it be? Be? (laughs) Oh, my God. I was laughing hysterically. But then just every time they show Willa for the rest of the episode and just like, what the fuck have I done? Look on her face. Yeah, I've made a mistake. Oh, my God. Like the absolute pity of like, oh, you're you're a nice man. Yeah. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to be. I'm like, hopefully she doesn't have to sign a prenup and it's the best decision she ever makes in her life. But uh, (laughs) I doubt it. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. I was just thinking about how we hear their mum say, you know, Logan likes to kick people to see if they'll come back and just thinking about Shiv um, and Tom. Like, boy, does she love to kick Tom. And I was trying to think, I don't feel like Kendall doesn't do that. And I don't feel like Roman does that either. Roman def- but Roman Roman kicks everybody. Right? Yeah. That's his thing. He just he just kicks. Yeah. Right? But I feel like they're love taps, to be honest with you. In a, like, in a sense. Yeah. But um yeah, but I feel like Shiv is the one that is obviously most like Logan. And she fucking kicks to hurt. Yeah. And kicks to damage and wound because she wants you to, you know lick your injuries and come crawling back and Tom is her dog. Um, and that's really heartbreaking to see. It's, uh, yeah, it's funny because we said, I think in like episode, or season one, well, I didn't know Shiv this well yet, um, that she was the most like Logan. She was the scariest mm. to me because I think she was maybe the best player. And we found out that's not actually true of Shiv. She's a bit of a pretender. Yeah. But if there's anything she does take from her dad, it's yes, how she handles her emotional relationships to the people closest to her. Her cruelty, yeah, is unlike uh, her brothers, I think. What do you think she inherits from her mum? She she do you, do you think there is some resentment of her mum that also informs how she treats Tom? Like she has such a fraught that as someone mm. said on Twitter, the curse of I hope you have a marriage as fulfilling as and loving as mine or whatever <laughs> that she says to Caroline is like, yeah. oh, I love yeah. the levels on that. Yeah. I mean, I think because she idolizes her dad so much yeah. and sees her mum as <clears throat> weak and a bit pathetic and all that stuff. I think that certainly carries over to then how she treats her spouse. She mm-hmm. She wants to be... Logan, so she is in her marriage and Tom is, you know, taking up the position of her mother, someone who, yeah, she has no respect for, doesn't like. Um, And so, excuse me, so, yeah, Tom gets that. But, yeah, I'd love to know more, sorry, about the mum. She says, 
you know, since she was 13 that, you know, she's been that way for a long time. Mm. Um, and I think both of her parents are pretty shit people. It's, I think she's a nice cocktail. I kind of, I kind of love the way that Caroline gets used in that she shows up for like one or two episodes a season, and always seems to throw a bit of a hand grenade in there whenever she's around. Yeah, like this lurking presence where you're like, oh fuck, what's she gonna do now? And, and never has it been worse than what she did in this episode. And just like they, I really think it, it's for the best. And I'm sorry, I've got to go now. It's like I know it's your fucking wedding night. But what the fuck did you just do? Oh my god! The fact god. that she was willing to have like all these in-depth discussions with Logan about how to like dissolve her children's stake within the company yeah. of their power, but then doesn't have time to discuss it with them—the people who are like going to suffer the consequences of that—is so fucking telling of her priorities. Do you remember last season, season two? Kendall goes to stay. Although I think they all go to stay with her, and mm. then Kendall wants to have the conversation at. Even oh, the gosh. evening. And she's yeah. like, I'm not really in the place. Can we talk about this tomorrow? And then she just leaves a note. Like, she was, he was finally going to talk to somebody that wasn't yeah. Logan about this. And then she just leaves a note saying, Runs I'm going to go by. Mm. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me think that, like, she does run away. And as much as she doesn't feel exactly like what she, she, does. she did that, she fucking did. She did yep. give her children away to this clearly emotionally abusive man and probably sometimes physically abusive as well. Uh, and not say so that she isn't herself emotionally abusive, but she, she did do that to her children. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah. She's a fucking shit mom. And Logan is a worse father. Uh, you didn't have any real side notes, but I've got a ton. That yeah. Hopefully let's jumping do up it. Points. Uh, little details that I loved. Um, Shiv, the, the background image that comes up when Logan calls her is Saddam Hussein. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Trojan horse that Stewie sends Kendall, oh my God, I think, amazing. is fantastic as well. Um, Jerry got to be CEO, interim CEO, but it was mm. like I celebrated that Jerry got to be put in that position. I was like, that's the yeah. right choice. It, I mean, they realistically couldn't make it any of the kids because that's too mm. much power for any of them to really have at this stage. Um, but it felt like Jerry Jerry was deserving. She's played the game well. Um, Marsha, when she shows back up in like episode one or two and mm. like, you know, Logan's like, I need you close, even though he's completely fucked her over by being with Rava, not Rava, no, uh, the Holly Hunter character anyway, yeah. last season. And just comes in and immediately starts like, and here is what I am going to get to continue to stay in this marriage. Yeah, good this for relationship. her. Good for fucking her. Marsha yeah. knows what she's doing and yeah. I <laughs> rate that about her. Even though she's she seems to have like faded into the background a little bit. She's become mm. less relevant as the show's gone on. Which I like that she's is, still playing her game. Yeah, I don't mind that because she's a smart woman. She's, and so for her to not be present is the smart move. Absolutely. Um. Tom was tracking Shiv's cycle, like I doing know, a full-on Arbed. Arbed, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. Um, the entrance to Kendall's party being like, uh, did how early did you realize it was like the fucking <laughs> birth canal and then out? Oh, fuck, Look, that was so funny. I feel like the L word has done that like a couple of times to like oh, a it? nightclub. Okay. There's been an opening <laughs> to a nightclub that is literally a, a vaginal opening um, and then... Roman's reaction to that was gorgeous. Um, playing Monopoly is like something you have to do inside a prestige TV show, I believe now. Um, mm. We saw it happen in The Sopranos in mm-hmm. the last season of that. And then we finally got to see the the Roys playing it. And 
I was surprised it didn't go harder on like some of these things. Just the idea that they all cheat, like cheating's part of the game was sort of as far as it went. But <laughs> yeah. it was nice to see them play like the board game version of their lives. Um, Logan is trying to have another another kid. Logan wants an heir, eating the maca root and the walnuts and shit. And is like, that's interesting. Yeah, which makes me think that, yeah, maybe that's like he's ready for a time and he's ready for the next stage in his life and he wants to just like separate himself from both the company and his family because as um, Connor says, he's like, uh-oh, he's like finding a new heir. He's done with you guys. Ha, ha, yeah. ha. This is how I felt the whole time. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that uh, that moment from Connor. I don't have the lines on hand, but I loved the big convers- the sit down in like the Denny style diner, whatever it was, between oh my Greg God, I and love Tom that. talking about like the prison food and oh like my, you have it's to so you ha- funny. You have to like treat like Afghanistan. You got like separate base operations in the middle, and then like work your way out from there again territory. <laughs> Just and, like the concept of Tom like eating at a diner every day to prepare himself for prison food is <laughs> so hilarious and dramatic. I'm but brilliant. With like this food, it's going to be this food with like 30 to 50% less flavor. Like <laughs> yeah. just that whole concept is so amazing. And then when he goes back with Kendall, he knows exactly what he's going to order. <laughs> yeah. I just, how much that conversation, but yeah, between Tom and Greg, about like how much they've been doing their research. Yes. Which is just great. Yeah. Just in general, this show is like, it's somehow very Shakespearean in terms mm. of like the comedy tragedy. It's also sometimes kind of like stoppard, like the farcical nature of it. Mm-hmm. And like scenes like that actually yeah. exemplify it. Fuck, it's so good. Uh, lines that I love, the, the good tweet, bad tweet game they were playing in the oh back God. of the limo. And one tweet was, Kendall is just a bootleg Ross with a daddy complex. I love that. <laughs> beaten only by... That was bad tweet. Beaten mm-hmm. only by the other bad tweet. He clearly has mental health issues coupled with guilt and a drug addiction. That's all this is. And then just <laughs> silence until eventually Kendall just goes, Boo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a really, I thought, very good line from Logan when they were talking about like having to play nice with the DOJ, it's like, this is, I think he's having a conversation with Shiv and he's like, the, and she says, it's the law. And, and Logan says, the law is people and people is politics. And I know people. And it's like, that is very true. I don't think I've ever seen such a succinct, succinct explanation of how people with power and influence just, the law does not apply to them. Mm-hmm. Because because ultimately it's upheld by people and people are fucking corruptible. Um, mm-hmm. That was beautifully said. Um, and then the line that Kendall says to Logan in their like final dinner together in episode eight: "You won because you're corrupt, and so is the world." I was like, that's basically yeah. it, Kendall. You've no it up. shit, Kendall. I can't no believe it's shit. taking you forty five years to figure it out. Uh, and some quick observations as well. Uh, we I can't remember if we mentioned this on the podcast or not. Ken's assistant, Jess, who mm-hmm. doesn't really... I think she disappears somewhere through the middle of the season. I'm guessing probably because she was doing Why the Last Man because she was mm-hmm. Beth in Why the Last Man. That's Jul- uh, Juliana Canfield. It was nice to make that connection this season. Um, the guy that Caroline is marrying, Peter, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's like... Do you remember like the head secretary in The Crown? The really stiff upper lip guy yeah. in season one and that two? Yeah, him. I'm pretty sure that's him. Yeah. yeah. I could I couldn't find the actor's name. But you just like put your finger over his like upper lip to <laughs> yeah, see if it like, was him. Put the yeah. mustache on. It's like, oh yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um 
spitting is the hot thing in TV in 2021. We talked about the spitting in um, uh, Ted Lasso this season. And there was a scene early on in the season. It was actually when Kendall played Rate Me by Nirvana when Shiv was doing that fucking... Oh, my God. Um, like, town meeting sort of thing inside... Um, Waystar Royco, and then she goes up to Kendall's office and finds all the boxes with the with the boom boxes would have would have been in, and is just looking through one of his diaries with venom I've never seen. This is like the spitefulness mm-hmm. and shit I've never seen before, and she just spits into it. It was just, I just a side of Shiv, the real like dark underbelly of Shiv that that doesn't bubble up so obviously really mm. was there. And I couldn't blame her. That was a fucking shit. I mean, Kendall did a lot of shit moves, but that was one of the worst ones, I think. Yeah. Least favorite and favorite episode. What was your least favorite episode, Damask? I don't have one. You know what? I don't like that shit, but I'm going to say I don't have one either. <laughs> I, I, I was looking and anything I come up with, it's a shitty excuse. None mm. of them, I have no compelling reason to say any of them were bad. None of them. Yeah. None of them. I can't think of a weak scene, let alone a weak moment, let alone a weak line in this yeah. fucking show. Favourite episode. What's your favourite episode? Oh, okay. I'm not going to say all of them, but my <laughs> real answer is all of them. Um, I really enjoyed... I think it's episode five. It's the shareholder meeting and yep. Logan has that UTI. Yes. And everyone is scrambling. Like the tension I felt um, mm. and the thrill I felt throughout that was really good. Mm-hmm. I also enjoyed the, the very funny moments of, I can't remember his name. It's escaping me at the moment. But the guy who has to like talk for ages on the stage Frank. and- yeah, Frank. The, Frank does first and then he hands it over to one of the other guys. Eventually, they get Jerry yeah. up there. Well, no, because the other guy's meant to come up and take over. And then he That's says right. to Frank, he's like, no, just keep talking. And poor Frank <laughs> is left there. And then eventually, yeah, Frank does it to Jerry and Jerry yeah. has to get up. Uh, that, that made me laugh a lot. Um, yeah, just watching the, the kids scrambling and for so much of it, like, not not being willing to make a decision or being very scared of like what to do when he's yeah. clearly severely unwell. Mm-hmm. We have the great moment of um, Logan and Tom in the toilet and there's like a, a dad. <laughs> I think Logan calls um, Tom son, just kind of off the cuff. He's deluded on that point. And then Tom just goes, thanks, dad, or, or something. <laughs> and it just sounds so like sad and pathetic, but it's, He's so thrilled. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that episode. But like I said, I enjoyed them all so much. Just thinking about that episode, actually, and the stuff they get to do with with Frank and stuff. Because Frank, you think about back to season one, Frank mm. was really important there yeah. for a period where Kendall was trying to do the hostile takeover, basically. And Frank was a key player in that. And... Frank has been fired and been rehired and <laughs> every times. time Frank Frank puts his hand up, Logan's just like, you're not trusted, Frank. Yeah. And he's like, yep, cool. I'll sit back down, I guess. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Um, and so to get to, because he, he's lost relevance in a lot of ways, but to get to use him in fun ways like that, yeah. I think is again, just part of the genius of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite episode was episode four, Lion in the Meadow. That's the Adrian Brody episode. No, mm-hmm. wait, it's episode six, what it takes, which is the one with Tom and Greg eating 
food at the diner and the Tom and Kendall scene. No, wait, it's episode seven, too much party. No, wait, it's episode eight. No, it's actually episode nine. Honestly, you could throw a blanket over all of this season. It's fantastic. Yeah. But in all seriousness, I think it is episode nine. Mm-hmm. And that surprised me because as much as these finales have been great, episode eight in particular had so many killer moments, including the dick pic scene, including the mm, oh, Shiv and that. Tom sex stuff, including the Kendall and Logan dinner. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is some dynamite television we just watched. Yeah. And then episode nine just cranked it up to 11. That final, the second half of that episode in particular, just that 30 to 40 minutes from the moment that um, they realize that that Logan's going to sell the company, that scene in the car park, the, the, the sorry, um, Tom proposing to Greg, and then the final betrayal. It's just perfection. Mm-hmm. I don't have another word for it. Yeah. Perfect. Predictions, hopes, and concerns going into season four. I have no concerns. Zero at all. concerns. Um, my hope is that it comes out really soon. I think it's pre- filming in June, so I wouldn't expect it. Oh, maybe sh- if we're lucky, hush. end of the year. I'm talking about my hopes. Don't sorry, sorry, dash sorry. them. Um, and my uh, predictions. Have I already done predictions? No. No. Um, my predictions are it's futile to predict what's going to happen in this show. Just sit back and enjoy the ride, everyone. Looking forward to it. Uh, concerns, utterly zero. Mm-hmm. If I could get season four today, I would. Mm-hmm. Like, I I will be there. I cannot wait. I'll be there day one. Top, highest priority of television shows. Uh, predictions. I don't know if I'm smart enough to even try and guess. <laughs> I think that's futile. Yeah. I think the couple of big questions for me are, is there an element for Connor to play here still in this in this story, right? There's something about him. I think he's the wild card. Mm. There's a trick or an angle or something that's yet to be played with that character. I don't know what it is, but seeing what they've done with Greg and Tom this season, mm-hmm. particularly Tom this season... I feel like there is a role for Connor to play. I agree that with that 100%. I, I don't know what it is. I think wildcard is a really good um, way to describe him. Um, yeah. And the fact is like he seems to be like, you know, a seemingly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Irrelevant get, or? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. A seemingly irrelevant character, which this show doesn't really have. Mm. So then the question is like, yeah, what part is he going to, play ultimately in this story and I'm looking forward to see how that kind of rolls out. I like the theory that either next season or the season after if we get two more seasons Mm. will be Connor and Willa's wedding. (laughs) Because we've done two weddings so far. Oh, that was the other thing. I saw people compare this finale to like HBO just did another red wedding. Like, kind of. That's kind of what happened here. that's true. Um, I also think I'm waiting for the rose of it all to come to the fore. Rose being, I believe, the name of Logan's sister. Do you remember last season? Oh. Do you remember last season Kendall and or Shiv or someone got Holly Hunter's character to bring up Rose at the thing and it was like a big taboo? You can't oh, talk about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then it came up again very briefly when they were talking about... I think like Vanity Fair wanted to have... Like Kendall was talking about talking with Vanity Fair or something oh, like that. Oh, that's right. And the mm. name Rose got dropped again. And so... It was because it was like, it was left there to remind you that this is something that's mm. important to Logan. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. We have no idea what the relevance is yet, what the meaning is. But don't forget that. That thing is still there. Mm-hmm. And so, Good I was point. like- I got, have I forgotten had, that. Yeah. Had to pay attention. I just like, I made note of paying attention to that. Mm. Um, my prediction, if I have one, is that season four will be the last season of Succession. Mm-hmm. But they're going to do- what they do with all prestige amazing dramas, <laughs> like The Sopranos, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and even Bojack Horseman, they're going to give it extra episodes and split it into two seasons, two halves, basically. There'll be yeah. like seven episodes, a mid-season Harry break. Harry Potter, Twilight. And then another episode, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is how you do finales now. You just... It's like, mm. we've got... We can either do one season or we can do two seasons. Neither seems great. Let's just do both, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. I wonder whether that's what Succession has in store for us going forward. My final thought is just wake me up in 2023 when this thing is going to be out, probably. Oh, don't say that. It's too far. <sighs> That's my guess. Maybe maybe, maybe it's out before the end of the next year, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mm. bet on it. I would rather they take their time, get those That's extra true. episodes, do it right. Or maybe we get like five, six, seven episodes at the end of next year and then we know there's going to be like another five, six, seven episodes in the middle of 2023 or something like that. Whatever. Whatever. Do what you got to do. Take your time. I will be there whenever you're ready. Mm. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis, B G O R D E S, Damask. You can find me on Twitter at Maskymoo. M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O Next episode we'll be back to discuss the great season 2 in the meantime thank you again for listening we'll see you next time bye for now bye When you make decisions for your company you look for the no brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.